The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Boom. What's going on, guys? Jonathan here with Fight Bananas. Welcome to the UFC post-fight show, UFC Vegas 74, Kai Kara France versus Amir Albazi. I'm joined by Blake Sheenaders, our usual host, Mr. Wicked Blake. 29 and we're also joined by ufc fighter with a 10 and 2 record seven tkos or seven ko's one submission three and one in the ufc we're joined by mike davis my man how you doing today damn i'm great i'm great uh lively it's been a long night great night of fights definitely awesome and if you guys want to make sure you watch some live shows with mike follow him on millions follow him on his instagram as well so that way you can keep up with him and he's in his twitch too he does a lot of twitch work as well so make sure you guys follow the boy mike davis mma guys kai car fans versus amir albazi tonight split decision win for amir albazi questionable decision um for a couple some people saying kai car france won some people saying amir albazi won um so let's just get right into it guys mike i'll let you kick it off right away thoughts on the fight overall and then thoughts on the decision all right, so the fight itself, um, both fighters started off very, very slow. They kind of didn't kick off what they needed to do into the later rounds. Um, I would say third round kind of kicked off the fight. And that's the third round, I believe, is where Albazi kind of took over uh, as Kai started to slow down. First two rounds definitely went to Kai, in my opinion. Um, in also... Kai should have definitely capitalized on his boxing. He's so fast compared to Albazi. He could have thrown that upper hand because he was definitely in love with the overhand. So throw the overhand, add some punches to it, mix it up, tag the body if he can. I know the defense of Albazi is very good for the body shots. But that's my overall look in the fight. It could have went either way. I personally thought Kai won the fight. I think, you know... I, I was talking about how the judging system for the UFC needs a bit of a change. I think having someone more fight related in the in the judging spots would be more efficient in MMA. So someone who has previously fought before. So like um, you said, the fight really did start slow. Yeah, no, go, go ahead and continue. It did, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think I think like the commissions for each state should be coaches, maybe from some of the most recognized gyms in that state just fly down fly them out to the one place you're gonna find judges out anyway or they're coming over anyway so get some people that know what they're talking about uh that's it for me i mean tie with the fight robbery (laughs) definitely i'm right there with you i think like you said it was a close fight first two rounds were really close it was really slow to start off with so with Amir just kind of being on the front foot, Kai fighting off the back foot, really not much too too much volume in that first round. A couple of good leg kicks by Kai. You know, you didn't really see the jab by Amir that was really well talked about, that was really in his arsenal a lot. You didn't see that quite as much. It seemed like both guys had heavy respect for the game plan of the opponent, right? Kai was very defensive, making sure that he stayed up close against the fence, able to defend those takedowns. And Amir talked about the right hand of Kai, and he was defending on that and focusing on just being a little more defensive with his strikes, maybe not throwing the jab, Simply not countered by that right hand. But, Blake, I wanted to see what were your thoughts on the main event and uh, what were your thoughts on the decision overall? 
Well, you and me were watching the decision uh, on on the streamyard, kind of in the lobby beforehand, and you and I both went, "Holy shit!" Like we we both had Kai Car France winning, or at least we assumed that he won. Um, and and Mike, your point is not mute. We have been talking about kind of the judging here on this show for quite a while now, especially I feel like what past couple months we've seen some really head scratching uh, decisions that have really just made us go. Were we all watching the same fight? Were, were we? And this is this doesn't necessarily become one of them. This was a, a lot closer um, than some of the other head scratchers that we've looked at. Um, I do agree. I, I thought Kai won uh, one, one or two. And then obviously the third went to Albazi. He had that submission in for a hot second there. I thought because of the because of the position uh, that he had him in, I thought. Kai looked like he was about to tap, but he was able to maneuver his head and, and create some space and able to get some air into those lungs, be able to escape a, a very tricky position that Albazi had him in. Um, other than that, you know, like like Mike said, and Mike's point and to your point, they both looked like they were just playing a lot of respect in the first two rounds. They really didn't come out and attack each other. Um, Kai Kara did not use his speed the first couple times. He did have some really good leg kicks in the beginning, but he did not use that speed. He started to get that jab and really turned it on in that fifth round. He really turned on that jab, trying to, trying to double up on some of the combos and, and capitalized on that speed. But yeah, it was a... Uh, it was an interesting decision that that they gave to Albazi because even if you take, you know, even if you just saw the third round, um, obviously you'd say, yeah, Albazi won. But if you took the whole fight as a whole, you know, we really need to get some people in there in this judging category that have real life experience, real octagon experience, and not just judging it based on what the rules are, but having those those rules altered or not not I'm sorry, not the rules, the criteria, having the criteria altered for how you're judging a fight. Um, because I think all, all three of us kind of agree. We all thought Kai Kara France won that fight. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, I think we were yeah. all right there with it. So, you know, even though <clears throat> Albazi, you know, maybe didn't put the stamp on getting that title opportunity that he wanted to get, let's take a look at what could be next for him because he just put the number three ranked guy. Obviously, I don't think he's going to get that title shot next just because he didn't put the stamp on a win over a number three guy. But I was just taking a look at some of the rankings. Um, obviously, you're going to have um, Pantoja versus Moreno for the title being next. But under him, obviously, you have Gavison Figueredo, number one, Brandon Royval, number four. The guy I was looking at is number five, uh, Matthias Nicolau, lost to Brandon Royval. Um, maybe is the guy that's coming off a loss. Amir is beating a guy that's above him that can defend his ranking and maybe really solidify himself at the title. Blake, I let you start finish last time. Go ahead. And what do you think about that or maybe a future opponent? For, uh, for uh, I, I was actually looking at the same person, Matthias Nicolau. Um, I just think that Albazi, because everybody else is kind of tied up, I don't think he obviously deserves the title shot just yet. I'd like to see him with a little, a couple more people under his belt that actually have big name value in the UFC before you really jump ahead and give the guy um, exactly, you know, give the guy the title shot. Not that he hasn't fought good guys because uh, he has. It's just, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, go ahead, Mike, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just, I was looking at the, the messages popping up. Oh, no, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. But no, I, I do think that um, that would be a pretty solid fight. Obviously is jumping up facing the number five guy. It's not a, it's not a huge jump down from Kaikara France. 
Um, it's also a chance to solidify the fact that, yes, you did. You are now, if you do beat Nicolau, you do beat a top five guy. You solidify the fact, because I think a lot of people kind of go both ways on this fight. A lot of people, obviously all three of us in this room, went for the Kaikara France. So it's like, ah, uh, okay. But if you go ahead and, and you finish Nicolau and it is an impressive performance, now you've solidified the fact that you are a top five fighter and you have every bit of every bit of uh, honor, not honor, but onus behind your name to be given kind of that shot. Mike? I don't know any of these people. <laughs> you talk, you're talking about you're talking about the, the list of guys that uh, he's fought because I didn't either. Yeah, no, I don't know any of these people. I I do I not follow the UFC as well as I should for being a UFC fighter. I just fight and then uh, after I'm done fighting, I kind of just get away from UFC. <laughs> so when it comes to who's in the rankings and who isn't, I couldn't tell you a single soul. No, if I look up the person that you're talking about, hundred percent, I'll probably know who he is. Well, and Mike, the reason the reason why I said that is because I went through and, and looked at um, Albazi's record, and he's only what one, two, three, four fights in um, Malcolm Gordon, uh, Zuma Golov, Francisco, okay, Fernando, I know Malcolm Gordon. Alexander Costa, but it's like none of those names jump off the <laughs> jump off the page to me. None of those names are like, man, you right. really put that guy on. Okay, and those are the only four fights he's had in the UFC, correct? And he now he's fighting for a title, technically. I mean, could be. That's crazy. We don't, crazy we don't think he will. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I think more likely he'll have to defend that ranking. You know what I mean? Because he he just be the number I think guy. that makes the most sense. Get him someone in the top five worthy of a spot. Um, Like, I would have to see the top five to pick someone else. But who did you pick? So the person I picked was uh, Mateusz Nikolaou because... Uh, Nikolaou. I know that he's, name too. Yeah, he's at uh he's at ranked at number five right now. He just came off a loss uh, versus Brandon Royval. He just got knocked out by him. Um, so that's a guy that's you know like I said top top eight coming off a loss. You just beat the number three guy. You beat a number. You just you defend your ranking now. You go ahead. But the question is from here, I think is you know where does Kai Car France go? Because Kai is obviously talented enough to fight for the title. His takedown defense is is great. He showed it tonight against a guy with phenomenal wrestling. He showed it in almost every fight. He's able to stay up on his feet, and even if he gets takedown, he pops right back up. Um, yeah. Kai Car France is you know somebody that's always going to be entertaining. Mike, we know you don't really pay attention to who's fighting everybody else. So Blake, who do you think Kai Car France should be fighting next? I mean, that's kind of hard. I'm going to look at the rankings. Um, I I would love to see a. a... <coughs> A France Figueredo fight, that'd be fantastic. I think those two would match Figueredo. up really well together. I think Roy Val is also a good one. I mean, it's kind of weird because again, depending on who how you view this fight as a spectator, we all have Kaikar France. I think he I, it's it's fucking weird, man. I I just think he should still be top five fighting top five people. I don't think this really hurts him. I think oh. it's an odd decision. So let me let me uh I see here that he fought Roy Val um, back in 2020 and lost. Hasn't fought him again since now ever. But since <clears throat> Roy Val has climbed to uh, what is it? The number four top, top five, top five right now. Yes. Ring number five. He's right. Um, Amir, Amir was number seven or number six during that fight. So he's going to bump himself up to three, which I think he should fight Figueredo. And then uh, I think Kai should fight. A rematch against Roval. Roval. That would person. That would be my decision. I'm not mad at that at all. I think that's perfect match. And then uh, the top two right now are already scheduled to fight each other. So 
Can't really mess with those until that's done. The only thing is we don't know if Figueredo is going to still fight at 125 or if he's going to go up to 135. Uh, okay, he's getting bigger. So that's that. there's been talks about him potentially moving up. But if he doesn't, I mean, that's a perfect fight for Albazi. If he wants to prove himself, go beat yeah. a guy that had the title, you know, obviously lost the belt against a guy who he's had a four-fight quadrilogy with. Um, and now he can go ahead and, you know, if you win that fight, maybe you win a couple more fights if you're Figueredo and you want to stay in that division. You can try to fight for the title. And if you let's say you beat Amir, Pantoja wins the fight, you can go ahead and challenge Pantoja. So there's a path to the championship for both fighters right there. Yeah. Uh, let's get on to the co-main event. We had Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres take on Daniel Pineda. And this was a very entertaining fight because Caceres in the first round was able to take down Pineda, really get the pressure from the top, land some good blows from the top. Pineda active from the bottom very well, almost got that arm bar as well. In the second round, it almost exactly flipped. Pineda was able to get on top, get the damaging shots. But it seemed in the third round, when both guys got gassed, Caceres came out right off the grip, landed a beautiful body kick. And from there, it just became a slugfest. Because uh, Pineda started putting his hands down every time a shot landed from Caceres. But it seemed like every time Mark Smith got close, Pineda just said, hey, Mark Smith, back up, because I want to continue this fight, even though his body language wasn't the best. He was throwing you know, punches back right away regardless. So excellent fight overall. Caceres able to get the win. Pineda was able, able to, to drop Alex Caceres with like 10 seconds to go. I'm not sure if it was a clean drop or maybe just the pressure of the punch really pushing him on his back, but it was a drop regardless. No, he got uh, dropped. fight overall. Yeah, uh, Mike's saying it's a drop. So Mike, what were your thoughts on the fight uh, overall and Alex Caceres defending his ranking? What do you think is his potential moving <clears throat> forward? Um, In the fight overall, Alex looked, like an entirely different fighter it looked like uh a whole different monster like a new person and more aggressive more movement he just looked ah same movement but he just looked like he wanted like he's he needed or wanted to win this fight and when it came down to uh what was his name pineda pineda i almost had the wrong name uh pineda it came down to him well i'm that man is a warrior i <laughs> Kids, you not. There are so many hits in that fight that would have put me to the floor, and I just would have, I would have tapped on the floor and just went home. He, my God, the body shots over and over, oh. and you know they were taking effect because he would, he would one hundred percent hit, hold the spot that got hit, wince, be in pain, put his hands down, get hit in the face, kicked in the face. Smile, laugh, keep fighting. That's fight of the night. That's fight of the night. <laughs> Absolutely agree with the fight of the night. Uh, Bruce Leroy, obviously coming out from South Florida, Miami. So shout out to the guy. Uh, Blake, what were your thoughts on the fight overall? Uh, I-, I agree with Mike in the fact that I think Bruce Leroy, <laughs> Caceres, in the last, even going back to his last fight uh, before Pineda nice. fight, Julian, the Julian Arosa fight, he got the TKO head kick. He's just looked like a different fighter as far as the the hunger and the passion to get out there and really be hungry for these wins. Um, so I, I believe it was Adrian Yanez on Twitter said that uh, Pineda, he's from Houston, Texas, or uh, he's from Houston, Texas, or Dallas, Texas. And uh, his liver has taken more damage from there than ever in this fight. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, shout out to his drinking skills, apparently. But um, no, those those liver body shots were nasty. I mean, I would have. Nasty. I'm not a fighter. It would have. It would have taken me down one hit, and I would have been crying probably. But what I um, liked that, was his setup to them too. He was really setting them up perfectly. So. Oh yeah. 
I'm impressed. Go one way good. and have open them, exposing the spots, and just bam, bam. Um, I mean, he just looked really good, and, and he, uh, I believe, he is 15, or he broke into the top 15 with that one. Am I correct? He was already ranked Alex 15. was 15. Was 15. Okay, so even now, I mean, I think now he's kind of reinvented himself again, still with the same style, but <laughs> it's a, it's almost like a smarter fighter. He looks better. He has better openings. He's creating better opportunities with his style. Um, he looked good on the ground with some of the scrambles and the rolling and, and finding opportunities. So uh, I was very impressed. And, and again, I definitely, after that fight was over, I said that might be fight of the night for sure. Yeah, as far as Do entertainment value. you think they're right? going to move him up at all or keep him at 15? I think Because now, I mean, I'm looking at the rankings and <clears throat> I, th- I feel like he's... Edson just fought and won, so he deserves to stay there. Yeah, fifty uh, k is currently scheduled he, to fight Nate, so he has to stay there. Yeah, um, is looking good. Bryce, Mitchell. he could fight Bryce Mitchell. That's what I was Bryce thinking. Mitchell. I was like, that Bryce Mitchell fight might be a good fight for him because Bryce lost his last one. Yeah, yeah, I think that would probably be. I think that'd be a great matchup. That was actually the matchup I was looking at because, like you said, uh, Dan Ige, the the last fight he had was before with with Damon Jackson, obviously. Previous to that, he had two tough losses uh, against Mosar Evloev um, yeah. as well. So it, it, he had some tough competition, took a step down, got the win against Damon Jackson. If he wasn't scheduled to Very fight, I think Danny Gay would have been a good fight for him. Um, but like you guys said, Bryce Mitchell is coming off that loss against Ilya Toporia, uh, who really put him down. Um, I think that's a really good matchup because we see the ground game from Caceres. He has that ground game ability. So, you know, he has those long ga- legs. It would be an interesting matchup to see if the fight goes to the ground, how that goes. Uh, preview that matchup a little bit for us, Mike. Huh. Put him on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was still scrolling through. Um, let, me, let me get someone else's idea on it real quick. Before uh, as, far as, as far as the Bryce Mitchell, I mean – Cazares is, is tough because he's very long and lengthy. Um, Bryce Mitchell does have a smothering ground game, but he got exposed a little bit in that last fight um, versus uh, – where, where did he go there? Tapuria. Yeah, versus Tapuria. Yeah. Obviously, Tapuria is – is he is who he is. He's going to be in a league of his own, I believe. But um, Bryce They're wrestling, Mitchell, man. Their wrestling is what sets him down because Bryce Mitchell can't wrestle. He can grapple. That's different. Exactly. Exactly. And I think the same for Cazares. I, 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 that's why I don't know whose is actually better. The length, to me, I think would give Mitchell an issue. Um, unless Mitchell really comes up and, and, and kind of learns from that previous loss versus Tapura and has been in the – but he seems to be too busy with Instagram and all his shit on Instagram and, and talking about the government and everything, which, hey, you know, it, to each their own. I don't – all right, so, so I think Bryce Mitchell will just – because he beat Edson Barbosa. And I think Edson Barbosa would beat Alex as well. Well, I was going to ask you about or, that. I didn't know if that would be – I thought that would be a good matchup too, but the Barbosa fight. They haven't fought, right? I don't, I don't No, they haven't I fought. So. so, I mean, he's next in line uh, yeah. with Edson being 14 and Alex being 15. However, it's just weird – <clears throat> for one for you to climb up one step that's like a, a literal ladder i would if i were alex i would 100 call mitch or bryce mitchell yeah and get out of that ladder step he's either going to call um, him out and, and try to make that fight or he's going to be stuck fighting barbosa i think yeah and yeah. fighting barbosa 
I I don't know. I just I feel like Barbosa hits way too hard. Barbosa's fast, just just as fast. So it's not it's not like a speed advantage or anything like that. It's power with speed. I, Edson just too fast. Edson, like you said, he's just uh, the power difference would be a little bit tougher to overcome, especially just um, he'd be able to get the punches in between anything that that Alex yeah. would be able to throw. So um, Alex does have age, volume though. He he puts out a lot. Yeah, so that he's could, got great, he's got could slow down Barbosa. It would just seem like with those with the volumes with the way he fights, he would leave himself open to get countered somewhere in there, right? He could be perfect for seven, eight minutes, and then uh, Barboza can get him with the counter. We know the leg kicks of Barboza, how the devastating those are, and um, I, yeah, like you said, I just think that's a that's a good matchup for Barboza to win, and it would be not the best matchup for uh, for Bruce. So with that, I think the best matchup is Mitchell. He mm-hmm. would have, yeah, in my yeah. opinion, better striking than Mitchell. So he would have yes. to just really overcome the ground game there. Um, any closing thoughts from either of you guys on this fight before we get to the crazy knockout by Jim Miller? <laughs> now, my chat says Bryce Mitchell's wrestling is a problem for Alex. Okay. See, I think the, the length I agree. Of Alex, I agree. I, I think the length of Alex, if he can if he can just work on takedown defense strictly during his camp. I think the length could play a big issue for Bryce in that in that case, but definitely, obviously, Caceres has the better striking. Oh, okay. So um, they also said Edson's cardio is bad. Technically, he looked good in the last fight, but it was only one round. But once it gets yeah. into the second round, especially if you're putting it on him, he slows down. That's true. almost to a stop. Yeah, that extra cut now is making it a lot harder for him to to go those extra yeah. rounds. So now that I, he, I would I would see Alex taking the win as, if he doesn't get finished in the first. Well, yeah. and you have to think you have to think too. Barbosa is there's nothing like blossoming about Barbosa anymore. He's on the backside of his career. He's still only 37 years old, but still he with his with the mileage that he's had on himself, it's been a lot. Cazares looks like he's kind of found a new groove in his in his future. So that it, it, both of them would be good fights, but yeah. So let's talk about Jim Miller because oh, yeah. that was that was one of the craziest things that uh, that you can see in a guy maybe in his forty third uh, fight was it forty third forty third fight in the UFC was that was that the number I believe he's, oh, like, I, have, he's I have the, no idea he's the leader he's I have it written down so yeah that's yeah fight number forty two for Jim Miller and this guy coming in uh, obviously off of two days notice. Yeah. And, you know, he's living the UFC dream. He does his walkout, gets absolutely blasted by two left hands by Jim Miller. One to put him out. Second one, when he's already down, pretty much out, just for good measure. Like, what was your reaction to that knockout by uh, Jim Miller this far in his career? Um, it was, that, that was holy, oh, holy oh, my bad. shit. You're, no, you're good. Yeah. You're good. It was a holy, said, it was a holy, holy shit. shit. Uh, it was – now, I will say it's a little tough, though, for uh, – Oh, what's his name? Uh, Jesse Butler. This is this was like you said. It was his, it was his UFC debut. He's coming off Fury FC, and you know obviously he's like hell yeah. I got the whole I got all my friends watching me and everything. But to go up against a ten, to go up against Jim Miller, the man, the myth, the legend, one of the the guy who has the most fights in UFC history is kind of a short straw to draw. But uh, you know at least he got his fifteen seconds of fame before that twenty first second knocked his ass out. Um, you know. <laughs> But literally 15 great. seconds of fame. He gave he gave him he gave him a two really good left combination. 
Yeah. It was the uppercut, left hook, uppercut, left yeah. hook. Yeah. And then he and gave the him one for the road on the way down. So and then a meme was born. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. So initially when that fight started, I didn't have Jim Miller to be the victor. I just feel like uh a new hungry kid coming in, um, going against someone who I honestly thought was older than 39. Uh and just like on his way out, but he's just proved me wrong. He's here to stay. And he clearly made well, a statement that he is here to stay. So he's uh, five of his Jim last Miller six, which is even crazier. He's five of his last six and wins, Jim Miller is. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean they're just here to stay. Fuck it. He, he wants to he fight said he to wants to make the three hundred. Do you guys think he yeah exactly? Say say it all the time. He wants to make it to fight to UFC 300. Do you guys think he makes it to 300? Uh, yeah. I think What's next? 289 is next. Next week. 89? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a year. I mean, that's, so. like, that's like a year or two. Right. Not not two years, but like a year and a half. Right. Max. Yeah, he'll make it. So we saw an injury. And, uh, Mike, I'll let you talk about this because, obviously, you're coming off a rehab of an injury. I'm pretty sure it's an ACL tear. It looked like that knee buckled inwards. And typically when the knee buckles inwards – um, that's what it is. Um, Kareem Silva oh. got the heel hook and uh, got the it, submission over Catlin Souza. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on the submission overall? And and what do you think the path to recovery looks like for Souza? Well, if it's an ACL, then uh, good luck fighting for uh, maybe like a year, maybe yeah. a little, maybe a little like eight eight months to a year. I'm gonna say a year to be safe because uh, two people in our in my Jim right now have had ACLs and they have not fought in a year or more. Um, heel hooking in UFC is beautiful. People who, if you are good at leg locks, heel hooks, all that stuff, props to you. I am one of those people. Um, it's vicious, man. It's vicious. Most of the time, when it comes to fighting leg locks or playing with leg locks, uh, reaping from the outside, reaping from the inside, doesn't matter. People are unaware or just very unskilled in leg lock territory. So they end up breaking their own leg. So if you can just grab a heel, there's a 70% chance they'll finish it for you. That's well, like a big said, leg lock guy. I'm way. a big leg lock guy. I, uh, <clears throat> I definitely, I saw the, so I didn't see, was there an issue? Did she fall down and tore her ACL and then the heel, the, the leg lock got locked in? Or did that tear See, I missed that too. I missed the finish of the, the heel hook. I looked away. So she had the heel hook Wait. in and she didn't really finish the heel hook, but her ACL tore and, and that kind of was what gave way to the to submission in that fight. So they called it a heel hook, but really the ACL is what gave out. Because I saw, I saw Sousa's leg bend sideways. And I knew when she tapped so quickly, it it looked weird because it wasn't in. It wasn't a, a traditional like now. you know oh. uh, crank. But you see, you see the angle she's got at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that hold on. That because typically, so so what Mike that's, mentioned that's that happened during that torque. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, what I yeah, thought. Yeah. Because I didn't know why she would have tapped so quickly unless she was just deathly afraid of anybody <clears throat> doing anything on the legs. She but tapped and popped. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of what Mike said about the about the recovery time, typically, as as you know, John, I deal with mainly uh, NFL. So when it comes to the NFL, 
Um, ACL tears are, are anywhere between eight eight to ten months, push it to a year, but they yeah. get to come back pretty quickly. But when it comes to fighting, it's a lot different. You're doing a lot of unique movements, and you're taking damage on the knees at the same time. So that that will be interesting to see how long she is actually out. It could be more than twelve months, just depending on how uh, how she treats her rehab and how oh, she gets into that. Man. I just I'm coming off of meniscus surgery and that was yeah I I heal super quick but still that was human, Mike that was a lot so I can't imagine my ACL I just couldn't imagine so how's how's the meniscus you feeling how's the knee feeling how's everything going hundred it's hundred percent it's it's been like six weeks I think All right and yeah. I'm I'm one hundred percent healed there's nothing I can't do I was just squatting four hundred pounds the other day beautiful. Like, yeah. Now, <laughs> obviously, we, we'd probably we're not going to get this information out of you. Any fights in the works right now? Do you have anything lined up? Or is no, I, I have one more surgery. Okay, I have one more surgery. Yeah, my rotator cuff um um is has a ten millimeter tear. Oof. Yeah, so they're gonna one stitch to close to to hold it to and then clean. And I'm hoping that that's all there is. But they did say when they get in there, they're going to look around and fix what needs to be fixed like this one have- this one was the mason joe i took this i took the mason jones fight with this uh messed up but it was uh my labrum rotator cuff and bicep long head and they fixed oh. all three. Oh man that's a tough one to come back like, from yeah but that was good this one's great Feeling now good. i just got to get it done on that side i guarantee you they're like oh, your bicep long head is a little because i feel it in my bicep too right so how, how long is the estimated recovery for the shoulder one um two months it depends like in my eyes uh based on what they're saying they're gonna do two months but if they do find more in there that needs to be fixed it could be four or five right but all goes so well the, hopefully we see you by my goal year. my goal still is to fight um at least one time this year right. if not i'm okay. gonna if if anything else it would be september and december or august and december I definitely fight both of those, but if anything, just November, December, just to make sure I get one in this year. Yeah. So did you also did you also fight the Borishev fight with the shoulder? Then. Uh. Yep. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. This fight, I took that fight with my rotator cuff. Yeah. I I noticed it during the camp. Um. In August. In August, I started noticing my shoulder because uh, Julian had us doing some, like, you know, just hold out your arms, do some weight stuff. Yeah, yeah, I can feel it already. So it's it gets heavy and fails real quick. And I was like, damn. All right, let's just uh, avoid this for a while. And also my knee, my meniscus, I thought, it, oh, my God, right before the fight in the back room warming up while we were stretching, my knee popped and I couldn't walk for like a good a good minute. And I had Julian like stretching and massaging out my leg, and I just went out there. And once the adrenaline kicks in, the pain kind of subsides. But that was scary. I thought I thought I was done. I thought I wasn't going to go in the fight. That would have been definitely unfortunate, especially like right before warming up, because that's what happened in KSW today. Is one of the fighters thirty minutes before their fight uh, got an knee injury warming up, and he was warming up. It's nuts. So uh, you got to be careful. It's such a uh, impact sport and you're taking damage to these ligaments and these tendons so often like your muscles have to recover <clears> in a different way and, and be able to withstand not just the impact from you throwing but the impact from you absorbing those shots yeah. as well 
But moving on on the card, guys, we had another split decision. Um, I agreed with this one, actually, though. We had Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos taking on Abubakar and Magomedov. Uh, now, Abubakar did a good job putting the pressure on again, you know, putting the clinch on, pushing up, up against the fence, getting a lot of really clinch control time. But I don't really think he was putting quite as much damage um, as Dos Santos, especially in the second and third rounds when he was getting some beautiful <laughs> knees in the clinch, some excellent leg kicks, and he was throwing with absolute heat. Um, Blake and Mike, what were your thoughts on this fight? I'm going to let, I'm going to let Mike take this one because this was the one, one of the ones that I was, I had to work. I wasn't able to watch a lot of it. I only saw a little bit. So I want to hear Mike's input. Well, anyone with no Magomedov name should be a wrestler (laughs) and watching this kind of just showed a little lack of the ability to complete wrestling. He, he did a good job shooting you get a good job getting him to the wall but when it came to the point of finishing your takedowns is incomplete and it's just a lot of waste of time in my eyes and i think that's he lost so yes i think that's why he lost yeah no but, pretty, uh, uh, but a shame on the number made off name <laughs> yeah you, when you see Namaga made off you uh you completely expect i instantly be- think wrestling undefeated oh, yeah. in wrestling no combat sambo shown tonight. So um, <laughs> nope. typically that's what those guys out there. Um, a pretty like cut and dry fight, guys. So not too much to cover there. Like yeah, I said, yeah. I think damage-wise, Dos Santos really won the fight. So the split decision was really warranted maybe because of the control time of Magomedov against the clinch against the fence. Yeah. Um, yeah. But outside of that, he didn't really put the damage on. The first fight of the night was really academic. Um, we just saw um, it was – where is it? Daniel Santos got the win against Johnny Munoz and – Munoz had, you know, the the pressure to get some really, you know, flashy strikes going. He was moving really well, but he just couldn't stop the takedown. So it was really hard for him um, to once he got anything going to to continue that momentum because then he would get taken down. Tried to work off his back as well. Didn't really get too much. Blake, did you get to watch this one? Uh, I did not, my man. I do apologize. No, you're good, Mike. What were your thoughts on this? Fight? I think I think that's the fight that I came into. Um, the ending of that fight. So yeah, pretty I idea. started my my watch party on uh, Abubakar. Now, did either of you guys get to watch any of the prelims? I the one I did get to see was the uh, I just saw Andre Arvlowski versus uh, Dante Mayes. Nope. And uh, really, all I was able to catch a glimpse of was right as Arvlowski got his head thrown into the stratosphere uh from Jeez. <laughs> so, oh my god it was bad <clears throat> no definitely uh like you said the the prelims were actually not too bad you know just from top to bottom we're gonna run it down real quick guys as we close out the show here um gotcha. like you said Dante Mays was able to get the knockout punch Arlovsky was actually doing a good job controlling the fight before that uh but he was able to get the knockout punch uh John Castaneda Get the win of uh, Gufarov. Another fight where he was just getting Gufarov with some good strikes. Castaneda able to take him down too much. Um, Muhammad Naimov with a really excellent comeback win over Jamie Malarkey. This was a fight where Jamie Malarkey was the biggest favorite on the card. Um, you had uh, Muhammad actually stepping in on short notice. Malarkey was able to get some takedowns. Led on the strikes 39 to 23. Was really just doing a good job controlling the entire fight overstepped on one part got caught with a counter right overhand <laughs> able to get the win from there um and then we saw elise reed with versus jinyu frey good fight as well jinyu frey with the control time but she was able to get the win felipe lynn's looking better at light heavyweight 
And then Damon Blackshear with the knockout punch over Luan Lacerda. Guys, final thoughts on the card. Mike, I'll start with you. My final thoughts on the card. This was, uh, I, like I said, I came into the main card. And from watching the main card, if the prelims were anything like the main card, this was a fight of the night that you should have watched if you did not. Um, many, many good fights, many good finishes, many good performances. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. And another question. I just have a random question. Arvlosky, how many fights does that man have in the UFC? He's up there. <laughs> He's, He's not there. more than Jim Miller? Uh, they're they're like three apart. Neck, they I gotta think. be neck and neck. Hey, I just feel like they gotta be. I have no idea how that man is still in the UFC. No idea. 40, 45? Or something. 40 something. He's got... 30, he's 34 and 22. So, uh, so he's got over 50 fights total. What has this been? He's been fighting MMA crazy. since 1999, I believe. And then UFC this is since crazy. That's crazy. He's been fighting UFC since 2000. <laughs> oh, that's great. Because he went to yeah, UFC, then he did then he did a little strike force, affliction, elite XC, came back. I mean, this dude's been fighting since I was born. <sighs> Yeah, essentially. Yes, that's crazy. That's a little crazy. Blake, final thoughts on the card, my man. Well, I'm a little disappointed. You you skipped over a fight that I that I really enjoyed, and it kind of hits home for me because Tim Elliott versus Victor oh, yeah. Alvarino. Uh, Tim Elliott trained here in, and I believe he still does, here in Kansas City. I'm not in Kansas City. I'm in Dallas, Texas at the moment, but I'm home-based in KC. Uh, and he was at Glory, and I don't know where he's at at the, at the moment, obviously, after that whole fallout. But uh, Tim Elliott, originally on one of the original Contender Series or, or Ultimate Fighter Series, um, him and Ultima Reino were just rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And I thought Tim really did a good job really expounding on his wrestling ability, getting out of tight situations, doing a good job of top control, doing a good job of dominance. Him and Alta Moreno, like I said, they did flip-flop a couple times, but I thought Tim Elliott looked really good. I'm disappointed you didn't bring it up, John. I I, I didn't even realize he skipped that one. But, yeah, I was rooting for Tim Elliott for that one. That was the oh, one yeah. I was like, oh, if I was to put money on a fight, it would be Tim Elliott. Uh, I like the way he fights. He fights like TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. I, um, was it him that was doing the Muhammad shuffle in the later? Well, the he, later, he, essentially, when he's fighting, he's kind of doing that because he's like always, yeah, balking backwards. He was doing, and I got he was pissing me off. <laughs> I know, I know, he was up like the fight. I know he was winning the fight, and he, I feel like he knew the same as well. So he started to like back off a little bit and do the Muhammad shuffle backwards, just wasting time yeah. and i mean like it's, it's cool and all but if you're gonna muhammad shuffle make some get some boxing like do some <laughs> boxing finish with some punches like just like in the first at least in the first round of this fight with uh kai car france and amir Bazi, when they started putting the hands behind the back they started throwing some punches back kai was able to actually land a punch when amir had the hand behind the back so that was a pretty funny moment end there but i also yeah. i also think that tim and not to really delve too much into anybody's personal life, but obviously it's kind of been in the MMA atmosphere lately. But I think Tim, this was a big win for Tim on a personal level, um, kind of going everything that he's been going through in his personal life outside of this. So uh, I was really happy to see him get his hand raised at the end of the day. Absolutely. Always, always good to see a guy who's, uh, you know, 
having out issues outside the UFC, maybe to get that win, to maybe pursue a lot of the things, just to get things rolling in his life. Because the UFC, it's really tough because, you know, not like other sports where you win and then you go get the try again in the next week or, or the next day. The UFC, you take a loss or two, you have to wait a couple years before you're able to redeem yourself and maybe get yourself worth again and get that Melza Hud space bias because we know how mental this sport is and how able you're maybe to get in your own head. So good for Tim Elliott to get a win there. Guys, we appreciate everybody for joining us. If you haven't already, make sure you guys like the video. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, everything as well. Um, Mike, any closing thoughts um, or any shout-outs you want to give before you close out? Um, I mean, not, I have so many that I would give, but I don't want to take spotlight, so it's all good. <laughs> Like anything well, just, before we close, my man? Yeah, hell yeah, man. I just want to, one, thank you for leading the show today. I appreciate that. I know I came to you kind of last second and was like, hey, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it on time because of work and everything. So big shout out to my man, John, Lacan, John Ron McConnell, and huge shout out to Beast Boy himself, Mike Davis. Um, you know, Mike Davis is one of the first guys that I was able to interview back on our old show, Rooted MMA. And so it's really cool that he's gotten in with uh, Fight Bananas and that we've been able to build, uh, you know, this chemistry. And, Mike, I can't thank you enough for being able to come on the show and join us. You were a fucking, uh, you know, a bright light on this show today and, and really gave us a, a lot of different perspective. And, and hopefully we can get you back on soon, man. Yeah, um, I'm doing the another show on Millions on June 17th. That'll be the Marvin Vittoria versus Jared Cannonier. Okay, uh, rooting for Jared, by the way. Um, that'll be a good fight. And after that, if you guys are doing post fight for that, I can jump on here again. Hell yeah! And you guys can go yeah. buy Mike Davis merchandise. Go support the man on Millions. Correct? Yeah. Not only merch, but memorabilia. I got you there know you the go. hats, um, those gloves up there as well. Those are from my Slava Claus fight. I have the Thomas Gifford ones as well, uh, and the Mason Jones ones. They're all gonna Hell be listed yeah. up there. Uh, signed, of course. So that's all for there. Well, um, and if I can guys. give a shout out, I would like to say thank you to Viral Tech because without them, uh, I would not be able to do any of this stuff. They are the ones that set up my whole streaming career um, and my com- provided me with this beast of a PC. And then also <laughs> shout out to Beacon Microphones because I've tried every microphone out in the market. Shure, SM7B, all the short microphones, the HyperX, everything like that. This microphone sounds, I, I kid you not, it sounds better than every other microphone. I paid thousands of dollars, bro, to try every microphone that I can. This microphone sounds better. Hell yeah. That's so it. Mike, we appreciate you joining us, my man. Um, like you said, signing up on Millions is super easy. I actually did it today. Uh, all you need is just your email and, you know, sign up. Pretty, pretty easy, pretty standard stuff. Make sure you guys follow him on there. Make sure you follow him on his Twitch, too, because he does some nice gaming stuff. He's got the badass setup, too. So, come on, guys. It's easy to watch him. Aesthetically pleasing. It gets your ASMR going. So, make sure you guys follow Mike Davis. Um, And, obviously, our main host, Mr. Blake Schneider, is my guy. appreciate you, as always. From Fight Bananas, David Van Auken Show. Appreciate you guys joining us. Have a good night, guys, and we'll see you guys after the next fight. Absolutely.